Welcome to Fear the Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for Fear the Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 4, entitled Not Fade Away. Uh, this is a full cast. We did a little bit of talk about this one on the instant cast. And I think maybe you were a little more negative on it than I was, but I'm wondering what you think about it after a second watch. Well, I, I guess I'm not quite as negative. I think that... Uh... You know, really, they just punch you right in the face with nine days later. They do. That's the big problem. And my ass was dragging full through. So I was looking for problems. I was spoiling for a fight with The Walking Dead okay. at that point. That's what it felt like in the instant cast. Yeah. And I still stand by a lot of what I said that yeah, yeah. I felt like the civil unrest that, you know, by skipping nine days... The last we saw, these guys came in and saved the day, mm-hmm. and again, we're living in the zombie apocalypse, so being behind walls with military presence, you know, and, and, and you know, some people sent in emails saying, hey, people get to bitch on without power and all that kind of stuff, and that's all true yeah. in natural disasters, but, you know, this is like a... I think it's more than that. This isn't like a, a, a hurricane or an earthquake where people are just feeling neglected and they feel like there is help to be had out there. It's just people aren't doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a hostile zombie force that's occupying and yeah. people are being eaten alive. It's and, a persistent threat. You, you know? know, I don't – maybe they could uh, – I mean, I, but it's so weird because what happened in those nine days? Th- that's were the people, huge problem I How have, many people yeah. know about the actual zombie threat? Because there's people like, what biohazard? Yep. And that seems yep. ridiculous in the context of this reality they're living in, but I don't know. I mean, when the power goes out that night, like they're, yeah. they're nine days ago when the power starts going out – do they lose all television signals? That's do they I'm lose saying. radio? Like, like, how much do they know? They, and this nine-day jump completely destroys any kind of and God forbid any God forbid anyone talk about it. We just get some unsufferable sixteen-year-old sitting on a roof monologuing. Yeah, and now we're into left to a wonder. fucking camera because he can't wait till YouTube comes back on so we can upload his fucking loose brains video, conspiracy <laughs> theory stuff, which turns out to be true. But I feel like sure, again, sure, sure. the first yeah. the first ten minutes of this episode would have worked extremely well. For the first 10 minutes of the next episode, but... You know what I wanted to see? Those nine fucking days. I... I, That's the thing that I want to see. Now we're... I mean, we've got plenty of email about this that we'll talk about when we get there, And I think that this is We're approaching Rick's waking up in the hospital moment. Yes. When shit's already done. And I know from, you know, Walking Dead lore that there are still fireworks left to come. I mean, you know, Atlanta got firebombed while there was a survivor camp outside of Atlanta, so... You know, there's still some of that, but I don't have any confidence the show is going to talk about this. Instead, we're getting a group of survivors that don't it's know a lot living in, living in a safe zone. I, that's not what I wanted out of this show. No, and, and I don't think this is a, a niche position because if you look yeah. at Reddit's The Walking Dead community, which is a pro-Walking Dead community, they're fanboys. Oh, yeah. The top-rated thread that's not the sticky you know discussion post is... What the hell are they doing skipping forward nine days? These nine days are what I was yes. hoping to see in the show. And so. no one's asking for more The Walking Dead, yeah. just like with another group of survivors. And, no one wanted that. And I get it. Like, they're not going to have the money to stage like the Battle of Yonkers or World War Z. But <laughs> sure. just like, again, what was the final, what was the last telecommunication from like the big networks? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, what were people saying? What did people know? Uh, how did the military arrive, and how did they describe themselves? How did this uh, lieutenant guy that's running the things, Moyers, you know, is he 
did he start off as this insufferable asshole or has did he start yeah. off kind of more and again you know the walking dead loves to play with these tropes of these like power mad assholes that are running control and they're all they are always like these caricatures of mm-hmm. these evil stereotypes sure just once can we see how they got there or do the, does, does Kirkman and company think that there are just people out there today twiddling their thumbs in positions of power waiting for something like this to happen so that they can go and rape and pillage and take advantage of people? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't buy in that worldview. I buy more that, you know, no one sees themselves as evil. Mm-hmm. They're just doing the best they can and they get pushed into shitty circumstances and, and shitty decisions. And I'd like to see that in my villains every once in a while. Sure. Me too. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of what we think after a second viewing is, yeah, mostly still negative on it, but, um, honestly, if I can get past the nine day jump, I don't think the rest of this was particularly terrible. Like I, I, it annoys me that I didn't get to see what I wanted to see, but now that I haven't, now that I've come to terms with that, I'm trying to look at this episode from the perspective that they've given me and it's not. It's not terrible if you look at it from that angle. Is it still a problem that there's not a single character that I really strongly identify with? Like even Barbershop, yeah. I, I I admire him mm-hmm. because he seems to be the the one that's got half a brain in the situation. But I can't identify with a refugee from a war torn country. Sure, that's been that's it's lived through a military pogrom or pogrom or whatever however you pronounce it. I imagine a lot of people identify with Maddie and Travis. Do you think honestly. so? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I I don't know they keep fucking if they like them, but they probably identify with their situation, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I guess it's there there's a couple of characters I like I still like Nick, even though he's a giant asshole. But you um, can't really identify because you're not I can't an identify addict, with him and not... also they're trying their damnedest to challenge my liking at every turn. <laughs> um and yeah. the same thing yeah. about Maddie. Like I want to like Maddie mm-hmm. uh, and Madison. Uh I actually want to like Alicia because they po- positioned her as this smart person who thought she was gonna go places and now this thing is kind of detoured, and I think that's interesting. Sure. Yeah, but and how she wanted out of this family, and now she's kind of stuck with it. But some like there's a lot of things that just ring true, like the Susan suicide note. That I I don't know where that came from. I know, and it it seems at odds with the person that they've described yeah. thus far. Yeah, like she seems like a religious fundamentalist that was waiting for the comet to come so she can pop on her Nikes and 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 pop the pills. And... This also seems like a particularly important piece of information yeah. that Alicia needs to tell somebody about. Well, that's like, never look, she killed happen. herself with, she killed herself with pills. Yeah. She wasn't bit. None of this should happen. And she turned into a fucking Walker. No, well, that's, let that's somebody know. <laughs> maybe in season two. Okay. Shall we get to the episode? Uh, before we do that, we want to talk a little bit about uh, a little right. milestone we hit. So we hit last it. month, our 10 millionth download in bald move history. Um, it's that crazy. That's too many downloads for us. So many. Uh, if you, if you convert that to terabytes, it's frightening. Mm. Uh, but we, as we did last, we did this last on the 5 million downloads, which was, I think last year. Um, so things are accelerating. It took us <laughs> two, three years to get to 5 million. And then we got the 10 million in less than a year later. Yeah. But as is our want, we're opening up like a public kind of Q and a, uh, you know, we do this regularly on lunch with Jim and Aaron and people kind of talk to us, but you know, if, if there's something you'd wanted to know about our personal take or our history or whatever, or just want to say something crazy, 
uh, or whatever. Again, it's just an open Q&A. You can send it to QA at baldmove.com, uh, or there's going to be a thread that's stickied on the forums at forums.baldmove.com. So you can send that in, and we will collect a few over the next few weeks and answer them on a video and release it. Yeah. as a kind of a celebration of of this milestone. So if that sounds cool, great. If not, you D- don't you pay don't no have attention. to partake yeah. of it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm to shove re- this Q&A down your throat. Um, to anyway. recap now. Let's yes. We begin with the montage of a perfect day, Jim. Travis oh, yeah. is out having a run. Nick nice is, clean swimming pool. Nick is sunning <laughs> himself in the pool to the extent that I was starting to think that we were in for a flashback. Yes. Of like, because there's two disasters here. One that was happening in LA, mm-hmm. and the other that is the Clark swimming pool. Yeah. And family unit. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Which isn't yeah. even a real family. It's a, I don't, I don't know what they're not married. It's a, it's a, it's a loose amalgamation of a collection of people. It's a, a it's a neo family. It's a new family. Neo family? Yeah. All right. That's how families go now. Fair enough. Uh, but he, yeah, again, but then we see Team Barbershop and his wife's rotting foot. And we realize, nope. And we see Chris up there on his rooftop making his uh, his his conspiracy theory video. And we realize we're still yeah, deep he, in the shit. Is he doing documentary stuff? Is he the record keeper of the apocalypse, similar to like a diary? Yeah, of the and dead? I, I think I I feel like it's actually realistic that a sixteen year old would make this kind of footage with yeah. these grandiose statements and these, especially with the stuff we saw about the riot downtown where he yeah. was part of that. And he's asking like loaded, you know, questions. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and you know Letting giving himself lots of FaceTime like he's he's part of the story. Yeah. I just don't know that it's a great choice to show that. What else what else would Chris be doing, I guess? Like, I don't I mean What what did you want to see Chris do? What I'm saying is like he could be up there filming, but I don't need to see a 60-minute monologue of his bullshit. Okay. Like him up there filming and like they just fucked up and oh there's a mirror, that's fine, whatever. Um again, I if if they're wanting me to hate Chris, I I've you're done. You've done your you've done your job. Everybody can turn out the lights, go home. I hate Chris. <laughs> they don't have to turn out the lights. They've turned out themselves. <laughs> uh, well, they turn you, lights on every day from eight to eleven. They do, yeah. And on that, you know, I I think they need need to stop doing that. They, they should go home. Job well done. Yeah, can't charge your camera. Uh, one thing I thought they, was interesting. Do you think this is a reference? Uh, they talk about the town of Baker's, Bakersfield, which I've never heard of mentioned before. But it's a map on the popular mobile game Zombie Gunship. Have you played Zombie Gunship? No. Hmm. Okay, so Zombie Gunship is essentially you're flying in an is, uh, in a uh, Air Force gunship. You know those those like the Puff to Magic Dragon deals. Okay, and you can uh, the the way the game plays is you're you know kind of like all those gun cameras things we've seen in the Middle East where you know, people are shooting at humans on the ground. Except for this time, they're zombies. And the zombies mm-hmm. show up as black and infrared light, and the People show up as whites, and you're supposed to, like, you know, by using your guns, cut off the zombie assault and, and protect the humans until they can get to the bunker. And eventually your bunker or enough humans will get killed that the, the, the level ends and all that. One of the stages is called Bakersfield. I thought, is that an homage to this, or is this just a California town that's no big deal? I don't know. All right. I no idea, man. <laughs> I thought, man, I, I said, like, surely game. you've, because like, you like the mobile games. Uh, um, a you little should, bit. You should try it. It's a, it's. I don't usually like mobile games, and I found it very hard to put this one down. Zombie gunship. All right. Uh, so yeah, we find out that uh, Chris, while he's unsufferable, he does notice something legit, which is there is a signaling mirror or something, or a flashlight mm-hmm. or something across the way in a ta- in in a house outside 
of the safe zone. Uh, we then go inside the house. We find out, as we said, power is only on from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Probably not from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. This isn't a military clock, so it's hard to tell. But I, I yeah. think it's just for this one period of t- time of the day. Uh, Maddie is kind of obsessively painting the family room, family room, trying to paint over the bloodstains, presumably from uh-huh. the neighbor. Yep. Uh, Travis gets nine in. days later. She's she's just getting around to removing the blood from the walls. Well, she, I, they they they're it's another coat. They Travis found oh, some more paint in the gotcha. the, okay. the garage. Uh, probably when they're out there fucking, they they yep. they noticed a, another gallon. Uh, but uh, Travis gets in from his run and says that this Moyers guy is making an announcement. He has to be there, so he's some kind of quasi political figure. Yeah, safe he's, zone. he gets called the mayor later, which. I'm sure is not an official title, but sure. And we see no evidence of how this power structure f- came forth. No, why no. he is such a popular guy in the neighborhood. Yeah, so we just, he has beers with people, I guess, and, and uh, he's a gearhead. Sure. Strikes me as a little reminiscent of the governor, though. Hmm. Giving him like this official. Uh, administrative title well that was a joke we had two weeks ago that yeah. there would be some guy with uh, a patch over his left eye called the mayor yeah and lo it has come to pass <laughs> watch your eyeballs travis where's some safety where's, where's some oh, yeah. uh, eye protection gear uh maddie complains that around here it says work 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 all day slaving after strangers that are emergency quartered in her house and she gets no help from travis who's out mayoring and running and his bitch ex-wife liza who's out helping people uh, and Alicia comes in to tell him to stop yelling like normal people because this isn't a normal situation. I think she's right. I think she's right. I, again, I thought, again, I want to like Madison, but nine days into an apocalyptic event when you're staying in a, you know, a martial law quarantine safe zone, you're probably going to have to take in refugees. Uh, yeah, seems like it. I wonder if, this is the only house because this is where Liza was, or if uh, I mean Liza runs off and helps people in other houses, so you got to assume that more people are staying in other houses in this yeah. neighborhood. I mean, does Maddie think that Liza's lying about what? Because it's she acts like she doesn't know what Liza's doing, but mm-hmm. Liza seems like she's open about what she's doing, and some of the people she's helping are the people in this house and the people in the neighborhood that they all know. Yeah. You know, they're on at least they know their last name. So it's like, it again, it makes Madison seem very unlikable to me. Sure, sure. And then she's just mad, I guess, that she's doing all this work, doesn't know where her boyfriend is. Like, I, I don't know. There there seems to be some some other tension under the surface here where where it's just the situation is getting to her sure. in general. But maybe yeah. she needs to go jogging, clear her head. Maybe. Again, or fla- in, floating in the pool. But with flashing forward to nine days, it just makes her look like a giant bitch because we don't see any of that stress and sure. strains. She just seems yeah. oddly fixated with being clean and oddly self-centered about how her house is being used as mm-hmm. a as a safe zone. Yeah. Uh, Chris uh, is up on the roof still, and he tries to show his dad the survival signal situation, and Travis is just, no, nah, you're an idiot. Mm. Uh, get off the fucking roof, kid. <laughs> Uh, Maddie confronts Nick about skipping pills because he left a few on the table, and he says he doesn't need them. He's squeaky clean. Sure, yeah, he's gotten clean. He's kicked that habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Travis goes to the announcement, and this Moyers guy gets up on a uh, some sort of military vehicle and says that they are infected free for a six-mile perimeter. They pushed out. 
and it's they got this 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 buffer zone between them and the ravenous dead. So take off those stupid makeshift masks, people. Yep, and he ignores <laughs> any people's. Uh, there's some reasonable questions uh-huh. and some unreasonable questions. He ignores them all and says, "Be nice, so I don't have to shoot you." And I'm like, "Christ, what an asshole!" So just bad timing for that joke. It's there's no good timing to make that joke if you have assault <laughs> rifles and yeah. you've rounded people yeah. in the camps. Like again. I, I get this guy's not a social worker, but come the fuck on. Mm-hmm. He's an officer. He should know better. Yeah, he's over it. After nine days, he's done dealing with these uh, civilians. We see that one soldier seems particularly fond of Ophelia. Uh, he's wanting to mack all over her. Uh, that'll be in, come up later, I'm sure. Moyers asked Travis for help for this Doug fellow who is refusing to comply with the medical screening policy. Uh, because I guess they shared a beer once and they both love classic muscle cars. So Moyers is like, look, you got to go talk him down or I'm going to have to take him down. And I believe that. I do too. Okay. Uh, so the Dughouse situation is weird because everyone in that family is in full biohaz gear. No one else in the community is. What is special about his house? Is it because Doug's not complying? So the soldiers have made everybody get into biohaz gear? Like maybe, They don't really explain maybe. that. They don't explain what yeah. the containment policy is so i i don't know it's just inexplicable it's like oh look at these it's like one of those things where it's like they had the idea of oh little kids drawing coloring pictures in full biohaz gear is going to be like oh what society come from but it kind of comes off as confusing yeah i I wonder if hmm. i don't know because we're sure that it's not spread like a standard infection like a standard virus or anything Mm -hmm. uh I wonder if that's a little bit of the problem you have with it and I have with it. I guess I I don't know. It just bugs me that no one else is in the gear. Right. When they are. Yeah. And I don't know what. I think like, your explanation of like they kind of put them in the gear, but why wouldn't they remove them from the house? Well, and again, like this earlier scene where Ophelia is flirting with the soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soldiers are asking the people gathered around them their names. And nine I'm, days in nine days in. And this is like this didn't seem like it'd be a mandatory compliance type of thing. Why? What is the purpose of this? Was this when they were handing out food or something? And they're like, oh, checking people. So they're distributing rations. Of the I, I tablets. think maybe. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, moving on uh, as he gets deeper into the Doug house and he's searching for Doug, they go into the bedroom and they ominously said that he went in there before dinner and he's bucking <laughs> containment and he hasn't come out since. And yeah. they shoot and and light and and music this scene as if he is a zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not. He's just kind of cracking under this pressure. Yeah, he's slowly turning into Zach Galifianakis. And, <laughs> he is. Uh, maybe not so slow. Maybe that's what the hazmat gear is, that the Galifianakis. <laughs> there, there's two viruses, one that turns you into a zombie. <laughs> and one turns you into Zach. He uh-huh. needs some fast-acting Z- Zalifianactin. <laughs> <laughs> that's the medicine everyone's clamoring for. It is. Please, uh... I don't want this this white boy fro and this bushy beard. <laughs> this, it's, it's L.A. It's fucking hot, gut. man. Yeah. I can't, I can't survive under all this weight. Just turn into the dude left right mm. everybody uh alicia goes back to zombie uh, neighbor susan's house which has been closed off with police tape uh, that she ignores and we realize over the course of this episode that susan in fact committed suicide by mixing her pills up with the tea that mm. alicia because i know we were confused about what she noticed with those pill bottles yeah but they were staged right there by the tea the implication is she drunk she she poisoned herself yeah we were wondering if maybe nick took them or something but 
Nope. And we know that Susan was very kind to the family after their first divorce and helped them get back on their feet. And in fact, we see evidence of that because she's framed a shitty crayon picture that Alicia drew for her. Or maybe she just did it earlier this year. Maybe Alicia just... (laughs) You know, maybe that's why Matt likes her. Yeah, you can talk shit about how stupid I am and how I'm never going to go to a good college, but you can't draw for shit, Alicia. Yeah. You're still stick figure crayons, and look at me. I'm I'm, I'm doing this really cool avant-garde Banksy shit mm-hmm. on your arm. Uh, she finds that, and she also finds a, what we find out is a suicide note, which we'll get to later. Uh, Liza is helping one of the neighbors who's set up in this a hospice bed. We find out that he's got, I think, congestive heart failure. And she is treating that with morphine, which I don't know what the efficacy of that is, but it seems like it's it's helping his labored breathing. That's the thing. So, like, in the instant cast, I was wondering if Nick was feeling guilty about killing this old guy. And after a second watch, I think he is. Really? Yeah, because she comes in and she's like, oh, he's got enough juice for the night. He's he's stable, but and the morphine's helping. And then, like, Nick goes in and immediately shoves it between his toes and you can hear, like, Hector is resting comfortably here in yeah. the scene that he's like, <gasps> so I so think I got to imagine that that didn't help the guy. No, I'm sure he feels bad, but not enough to stop doing it. No, 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 of course not. Yeah, because the morphine feels but so he, good. But he did contribute to his death, and I think he knows that. So. Well, he's not dead. Well, okay. All right. He's soon to be dead. Okay. We'll, we'll say that. Uh, I, and again, I think that's de- this is all debatable, because... Yeah. It's hard to know what Nick really feels because, number one, you're dealing with a drug uh-huh. and not just a person. Yeah. And number two, he just surrounds himself in this smug shell that's only cracked by his mother's slapping. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I really don't know exactly what he thinks nine days into this and what he feels entitled to. Mm-hmm. And that's probably – I mean that's one of the, I guess, more interesting things that's left for this show to unfold is to see – because I think he wants to do the right thing, and he had, does have some heroics within him. But he's also just a deeply selfish person who's addicted to this very yeah. powerful drug. No, he's a wild card. Every, he is. every show needs one. Every group needs a wild card. Yeah. Uh, so the neighbor, Hector's wife, which I don't think we get her name, she's very grateful to Liza because she's saving her husband, and she tries to repay her with soup. Liza feels very uncomfortable about all this, and we'll find out why here in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already talked about Nick stealing the drugs. He's been he's been hanging out this pool not because it's cool, uh, and not because it's clean, but because it's right next door and he can go per he can go fiend on the drugs as soon as everybody turns their back. Yeah. Uh, and again, we were talking about that scene. Chris, after failing with his father, tries to convince his father's slam piece that he's really got something with this house, and she's openly dismissive about this whole signaler theory until he whips out the camera and shows her and you can see on the camera that yes indeed this is actually happening Mm -hmm. the 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 fact that people from this point forward spend time debating about whether this is real and whether this is paranoid is infuriating because we have video evidence and you should just be like look at the video there it is yeah uh you can argue what that is representing but you can't argue that there's not something out there Mm -hmm. i saw it I, I, I did, too. It was caught on it, double video. Yeah. It was on Chris's camera, and then the Walking Dead camera caught it. And then my TV showed it to me. So I believe there's a signaler out there. Uh, Ophelia is macking on this handsome young soldier who we saw her flirting with earlier, and we think that there is a love connection here. But mm, he goes yeah, for the... I'm, I'm skeptical. He goes for the bra snap, and she's like, <laughs> oh, snap, we need to slow down. And then 
her face clearly says, "Ugh, I gotta, you know, I gotta do this thing to get drugs for my mom." And she asks him about yeah. the drugs, and he's like, "Ah, oh, the Corbin's got it all locked up." And so they're well, kind of guess what else is all locked up then, buddy? Boom, <laughs> boom. Uh, it turns out that uh, a Z pack would be the keys to her vagina. It seems sure. Yeah, he'd have them on hand, ready to go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then. Um, it seems like they're both kind of using each other. Although I don't know, I he cares about her in the way a young man cares about a beautiful girl. At yeah, the very least, I'm, I mean he's being he's being rope doped, right? Sure. He I don't think he knows it. Um, otherwise, it doesn't work. But yeah, I, I feel he's like pretty he's pretty stupid because she's not very slick with the transition between no, hey, you can't touch no. my cookies to hey, how's the drugs coming along? Yeah, soldier boy. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Maddie and Travis are running a soup kitchen out the backseat of their car, parked in their garage. That's code word for them making steamy love. A soup kitchen? Haven't you seen that Will Ferrell movie where they talk about that's a, when when two homeless guys have sex in your oh. in your car? Oh, no. That's a soup that's kitchen. Soup. That's a great name. <laughs> They're running a soup kitchen back there. Oh, yuck. Uh, uh, Travis decides to squander their poise-colloidal bliss with asking her, like, what's up with you? You know, uh, you're distant and you're moody and you're cleaning mm-hmm. and you're 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 watching and your druggy son like a hawk, justifiably so. And she accuses him of not paying attention to her son and says she believes that uh, he did see a signal. And he's like, what am I supposed to do with information? Tell the people in charge who are sweeping the city for survivors about it. What do you want me to do about it, Madison? And I put a gun to my head and pulled the trigger, but there's no. Cha- bolt in the chamber and, and i'm still here uh the the other thing he does here uh, is he says you know he makes some comment about oh this is makeup sex we should argue more often uh-huh so i get the impression that they just didn't argue at all before this happened like this was th- they are under duress they're very stressed out and so this is causing problems in their relationship that weren't there before i don't know how that jives with some of the ideas that I share with the listeners that we have in feedback as to what kind of person Madison is. I don't buy that because it seems like there was a lot of friction in their family. I thought so too. Yeah. That the fact that, you know, maybe they were a united front. It's like us versus the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. Um, Or he could just be making a dumb joke because he doesn't seem particularly smart and he just got sex. And Madison's like, God, that's the 15th time you've made that joke. Yeah. I mean, he's not kinda, funny anymore. He's kind of coming like uh, Raymond Romano. On, yes. It, mm-hmm. it's, you know, he's got that kind of relationship with his wife uh, kind of thing. So <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, she is expressing kind of, uh, you know, paranoia about the soldier's true intentions towards them. And again, yep. I, 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 it doesn't seem like it's justified at this point. Not right now. I think it is by the end of the episode, but yeah. But, uh, you know, again, the writers are working with her, so she'll be justified at the end. Uh, Doug's wife, Maria, uh, we find out her name. He's this, he's suffering from galifianakitis. <laughs> uh, she shows up past curfew, which is a big deal. And he has apparently taken his muscle car and driven away to somewhere, which when we're on the live watch, we're like, for real. What, how did you're going to fire car? up a V8 and go tear assing through the city in an emotionally excited state that's been shut down by military law? It turns out he didn't get very far, but yeah. still, the fact that he did it at all was kind of I thought pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not thinking straight. 
Yeah, and his his wife's really upset about it. The next morning... So let's talk a little bit about this guy. Okay. His problem seems to be that he doesn't think they're going to survive and that he can't lie to his family. Okay. Right? I mean, it seems like he seems to be a fairly mentally weak person. Certainly. That's manifesting itself in the ability that nothing's going to be... is going to go back to normal and I can't lie to my family, even though that... I think the the morally ethical thing to do to children in a hopeless situation is to tell them it's all right up until the meteor smacks them and it's it's everyone's I think so. dead because yeah. else what are you doing? You want their last moments of consciousness to be spent in a blind panic. And then if like, it doesn't it happen together, and everything man. is okay, you've just scared the shit out of them for no reason. Yes. And you've lied to them. Yes. Uh, so the only possible outcome in which you don't look like a liar to your children and a horrible person is if you tell them everything's going to be okay. Because if everything's not okay, they'll never know. Yes. And if everything is okay, boom, you look like a hero. Yeah, no, I... That's... So, easy decision for this guy. He just doesn't have the stones for it, I guess. And, and a lot, you know, there are a lot of people out there that in a crisis situation would crack. The thing is, I don't... So it doesn't bother me. I don't know why he's having such a hard time dealing with... I mean, I guess it's the confinement of being in this small suburb. Yeah, but it, it does seem like everything is working out okay. Yeah, totally, yeah. They haven't seen a problem in nine days They're as being far as fed, I can tell. There's no shortage of water. I mean, again, if in the nine days or if they'd established that there was food shortages or water shortages or if his family was being affected by the lack of medicine, like grandpa's dying. Yes. And he's try- he, he, he's been telling everybody that the medicine is going to come for days and days. And- now I can't lie to my kids anymore. Yeah, it's like, what yeah. am I going to say when their granddad dies? Like, But they don't give us any of that stuff. No. Because The Walking Dead doesn't give a shit. And so I don't see the real pressure on this guy. Right. And so I don't know why he's acting the way he, he is. He is a tool to make us think that Moyers is a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an unfortunate kind of half-ass way to approach storytelling. I agree. Uh, let's move on to in the morning. Maddie successfully signals the signalers. She gets a signal in response. Uh, you know, we have like a little 30-second reenactment of the movie Cos- uh, Cos- wait, Contact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Travis discovers car, Doug's car outside the safe zones abandoned. Travis confronts Moyers about Doug being missing and turns out that they rounded him up last night and took him away because he's a danger to himself and others. And again, this mm-hmm. stuff makes perfect sense. Like that's yeah. not a bad like it's it's we have a curfew for a sound reason and this guy violated it and he's been crazy for progressively several days, so we took him away where he could get treatment. Mhm. This is seen as sinister. <laughs> yeah, it, so it, it, it's it, the it, jokes that this guy's making. It's the comments that he's making about taking people down and all these things that are supposed to add up to this guy being menacing. I get it, but it's actually less menacing than for him to be just like the perfect bureaucrat. Everything's – and then you yes, just slowly then people discover start for yourself. What's happening? Yes, Why? Yeah, this yeah. is like 101, man. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I, I I don't make the show. Yeah, like even like that. I feel like that's in The Walking Dead. That they have everyone in in the universe has two speeds. Mm-hmm. You're either some soft headed idiot like uh, uh, what what was uh, what was Chad Coleman's character last name? Ty Ty. Chad Coleman's character's the name. Walking Dead. Fuck, I can't remember. Hammerman. Uh, Tyrese, right? Tyrese. Yes. Ty- I don't know his last name. But I don't either. You're yeah. either a soft-headed idiot like that guy, or you're a full-on governor. Okay. Like, there is yeah. no in-between or shades of gray or anything like that in this universe. Hmm. And yeah. uh, even Rick, 
he vacillates between those two extremes. Yeah, so, he does. Anyway. So Moyers then is confronted by Travis that there is, in fact, a real signaler out there. And Travis is kind of half-hearted about it because he just has his wife's, well, his girlfriend's word on it. He didn't see the videotape. Mm-hmm. Uh, he couldn't offer to show the guy the videotape. And the guy just insists that uh, no one could be alive out there. And that's the way this conversation goes because no one uses the evidence or the reasoning skills they have to bear. Well, yeah, yeah. So Travis is a fault here. Travis needs to say, hey, I've got tape that proves it. Maddie didn't say that, not, though. Not tape. No one has tape. Uh, he's got video that yeah. proves it. Yeah. Uh, you, you're right. So Madison, it's really her fault for not saying, well, no, because he shows him. Chris shows his dad the the video. Well, he tries to, and his dad just ignores it. He just doesn't pay attention to it. He saw something, it. and he shuts it real quick, yeah. Um, um, so he knows there's video of something. Yeah. And when Madison comes to him and says, yeah, there's something out there, he should really yeah, be a little more insistent, hey, we've got video. Because, this again, this it seems his whole arc is that Travis is in denial about the sinister nature of these, these soldiers, that the show is insisting that they're sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, because this guy's angry about golfing and he makes casual jokes about murdering all the civilians. Bad golfer, too. Yeah, terrible for him. Yeah. Uh, which is why he keeps slicing it and hooking it. Yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like it'd been a more interesting conversation if he'd be like, uh, I, I, I understand that, sir, but we actually have this on video. Would you like to see it? I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see an episode where Travis is constantly one-upping this guy in trivial ways, like <laughs> his golf swing is better. Ooh. Uh, he can drink more. He can jog <laughs> farther. He can lift more. Like <laughs> he's having sex with women in the back of cars, and this guy's just uh-huh. whack it in the barracks. Sure, yeah. He's got it over every, and this guy just slowly gets angrier and angrier until he kills him. Did you notice the constant notes uh, allusions to Revelation twenty one four? I didn't, but we had a listener who did. What What does that mean? I didn't look it up. Revelation twenty one four is about um, after the Battle of Armageddon when God sets his tent amongst mankind. It says that he will wipe out every tear. There will be no more death, no more pain. The former things have <laughs> passed away. Uh-huh. Well, so you're laughing at How does at that it. relate to this? It's kind of an interesting allusion towards zombies themselves. Like, that is a literal... Okay. F- if the whole world is zombies, that's a literal fulfillment of those words. There is no more death. Sure, there yeah. is no more pain. There mm-hmm. is no more crying out. All the former things have passed away because everyone's zombies. I thought that was sure. a little. That's 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 a f- fairly cl- clever inversion of that uh, hopeful scripture. I mean, we know that Jesus led by example, right? Well, and he, he returned as a zombie. That's right. He was trying to warn us of the zombie apocalypse. It's right. obvious now in retrospect. Yeah, and uh, you know we didn't listen. Yeah, we didn't listen. No. Mm-hmm. And we'll pay for it one day. We'll pay for it when when the shambling undead come comes for us all. It's true. So Eliza shows up to take care of Hector once again. It's the next day, and he's gone. Everything's gone, and instead, uh, Dr. Exner is there, who is from the government. And she praises Mm. Eliza's work with the people as a nurse practitioner, and we know that she's not a nurse practitioner, and Exeter knows, Exner knows that she's not a nurse practitioner, and it turns out she's been lying about her credentials to gain people's trust, because that makes sense. Let me jab your husband with this needle and squeeze a bag into him. Relax. I saw a couple of, I you know I, I walk. I got the complete collection of House MD. Uh-huh. I've got this. He's got lupus. I know all about the only morphine. Cure is, <laughs> yes, we need to get him addicted to morphine. He'll mm-hmm. turn out to be brilliant. He might have a limp, but everything will be fine. <laughs> uh, and Exeter seems to accept this and even encourage it. And we talked about this in the live watch. Like 
I buy that. In this kind of situation, if you have any medical training, any medical training, if you yeah. took the YMCA lifeguard course as a 15-year-old, mm. congratulations, you're a doctor. Sure. Yeah, and she she rightly recognizes that. If you have seen the complete collection of House MD, congratulations, you're a doctor. If you slept in a mm-hmm. Holiday Inn within the last week, you are now a doctor. I'm fine with that. That seems reasonable. Because uh, yeah. any medical knowledge is better than none at all. And she's got the testimonials to back it up, you know? Right. And we're, you know, we're we're in a situation where if L.A. has fallen, we're talking about four plus million people dead. Like, yes, I guess a fake doctor could go around and do a lot of harm. But letting wounded people or dying people just die yeah. because you're afraid they might take a stab at it seems, you know, it's one of those good Samaritan deals. Yeah, yeah. You just got to do what you got to do. Uh, so then we see Maddie slip out of the SZ and into the DZ and try to figure out what's going on in Signaland. And she does this by cutting a hole in the fucking fence, which I'm <laughs> sure will not turn out to be significant later. No, nothing's coming back through that. Nothing bad is going to happen to this safe zone. It's safe and it's a zone. It's a zone of safety. Mm-hmm. By definition, nothing bad can happen in it. It's true. While she's out, she sees a fuck ton of dead people, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Some of which she deduces aren't infected, which... That again, the show wants us to see this as ominous, but the only person I saw as conclusively not infected is also a guy that happens to be holding a gun. Mm-hmm. And Where was that gun pointed? Yeah, what was he yelling at the time? <laughs> yeah, was he pulling it? Was he suffering from galifianactus? And <laughs> he was raving about saving a his baby beard, on his, his Las Vegas vacation. Uh, and tiger he, in his bathroom. Yeah, like <laughs> that's not. Again, really great evidence for the military guys being evil. They shot a guy who might have been hurting people or pointing a gun at them. And hell, there's enough of that going around in the world without zombies. In zombie world, you shoot first and ask questions never. Yeah, I, so they're cooking up a stew here, right? Like they're they're giving us pieces bit by bit to assemble this puzzle. So I, I think certainly by the end of this, we're going, okay, military guys equal bad. I get it. I just think it's a, a, it's not a very interesting way to tell that story. That's, okay. that's my whole pre, uh, premise here. Uh, a military biohaz team comes sweeping through the neighborhood, and Maddie's forced to hide under a car because she doesn't want to get... Mm-hmm. It, While staring a walker in the face, or a dead walker, anyway. Do, what do you think the, the military would have done if they found her? Kill her. You absolutely do? Yeah. Okay, so they're killing everyone out there. I think so. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But uh, the end of this episode tells me that. Okay. Uh, Exner and Liza are visiting Team Barbershop, and Exner pronounces the crushed foot dead on arrival. It's mm-hmm. going; she's going to have to be whisked away to a nearby military hospital for surgery. Probably going to whip that foot off. Yeah, uh, get it out of there. The the barber himself insists on going with her, and Exner is like, "Of course, you're her husband. Why? What, what kind of monsters do you think we are?" And I thought it was a touching moment because his wife begins weeping, and we kind of see the softer side of the barbershop. Mm-hmm. I mean, up until now, it's been all combs and disinfectant and razors but now we're seeing the the warm towel that caresses her face and and, uh-huh. and soothes her tears and i thought that was actually i'm being an ass to describe it but i, I, I think this guy's incredible i do too ruben blades is awesome awesome in my opinion he, he's forever typecast as being a barber with the last name of blades but you uh-huh. know, what can you do you gotta work right sure that's a comic book character if i've ever heard one right <laughs> like former Sure. Like military, but potentially military guy, um, mm-hmm. certainly a refugee, uh, 
guy named Blades as a yeah. barber. Like, that's yeah. a comic book character. He's got a super suit somewhere in that barbershop. For sure. He just didn't have time. The, the place burnt down before he get to it. You know, he could he could pull his barber pole, and then the back panel would slide up, and there's his, his mm. whole outfit is. Uh, maybe that's how he gets his wife out of the military prison slash hospital slash zone of horror that I'm sure we're going to see. Pulls out the blades. Uh, Exner yeah. next meets with Nick. And he blows her the same bunch of shit he's been blowing everyone about being clean, and she is not buying it at all. She's a real doctor. She can tell. Yeah. Uh, Travis greets the doctor and wonders if Doug is at this treatment center, but she can't say because the only thing more powerful than the zombie apocalypse is HIPAA compliance. (laughs) She ain't going to risk a lawsuit. Fuck all Mm -hmm. that noise. Uh, She knows that Nick has an elevated blood pressure, probably in response because he just heard his morphine ticket is being moved out of town. And that's when she knows. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. And I, I, like I said earlier, I think he also feels a little twinge of guilt here. Nah. Over it, having sent this man to uh, a real hospital. Why would he feel guilty about sending him to a real hospital? He is elevated. He's causing heart- this man a lot of pain. He knows what kind of pain he's in when he doesn't get morphine. Come on. I'm just saying that I feel like the elevated heart rate is in response to knowing that he now no has no longer has any easy access to morphine. I think it's both. Okay. I think well, it's both. I'll I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Alicia is making Matt's Sharpie heart permanent by way of prison tat technology, which I that seems something like what she would do. Yeah, I think so. I liked it. It's a good scene. I'm still kind of impressed that. Her mom sees a fucking flashlight and goes off braving the danger zone. Matt's still out there, and I'm kind of surprised that that's one of the many things we skipped over in the nine days later, the fact that she didn't really take make an attempt to go and find him or connect with him at all. Yeah, and I mean, they, they touch on it a little bit here, right? Yeah, I mean, she clearly she's, misses him, and she's trying yeah. to make this fading, you know, Sharpie thing on her arm a real reminder of him, and I, like I said, I thought that was cool. I think she needs to be given a job. Her and Nick both. Like, if anything, just have Alicia watching Nick. Sure. Because Madison's complaining about how somebody's got to watch Nick and he can't be left alone and she's got other shit to do. And his sister seems impervious to his bullshit. Yes, yes. In a way that her mom is not. Yeah. I think that would be a really yeah, have her be the now. Watchdog. I don't know if she'd be able to control him. Like no, but just give her a whistle. Exactly. So like yeah. when he so she can come slapping when he's shooting the junk. He, she can just blow the whistle until someone comes and his mom can slap her. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the way it works. I I think so. But right. apparently Maddie does not. Well, we're not going to get it now because he's getting he's going to be treated. Yeah. Uh. Uh. With without <laughs> prejudice or with prejudice with I think extreme prejudice. He was treated with prejudice this episode for sure. <laughs> Wait till I'm telling you, this hospital is going to be a horror ward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not even being very subtle about it. So, but but we'll we'll eventually get there. Maddie makes it back home, and Barbershop sits her down and says, "Tell me what you saw." And she tells him, and then it's time for us to get our juice 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 boxes out and to sit around Indian style because it's story time, boys and girls. Yes, great scene. Barbershop's scene. laying it out about how it was in the old country and and the promises the military folk made about people coming back and how they eventually came back uh, floating down a river. Mm-hmm. If you're a 10-year-old boy trying to fish in it, that's not optimal. <laughs> no. And no. he finishes up his, his effective monologue by opining that if this happens again, it will happen quickly. Mm-hmm. This isn't a gradual thing. It's it's like a binary switch that gets thrown. And he makes her promise to look after Ophelia when and if he cannot, cannot return. She has a lot of people to look after, right? 
Yeah. Like if Liza can't return, oh, you got to look after Chris. If uh, Barbershop doesn't return. She's like Gandalf in Lord of the Ring. Like, Jesus Christ, how many goddamn hobbits do I got to take care of? Uh, and keep after an evil artifact. Goddamn, can Saruman. Radagast. Quit yeah. fucking around the rabbits and the badgers and help me these goddamn hobbits, man. <laughs> So, uh, Maddie then goes in to confront Nick about his lies, and he's like, what do you want me to say? And she's kind of staring him down, and he decides to go smug on her. Yep, bad decision. Wrong choice. <laughs> uh, he goes ten rounds with his mom and loses. All in of a, them. Loses every single a, one. Unanimous decision. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 he loses. Yeah. And it does seem to really affect him. But not a knockout. Not a knockout victory. Not a knockout. It's... Even, even the military can't get a knockout victory on Nick. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, he's remarkably resistant to pain for a 50 pound (laughs) drug addict. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it does seem to really affect him. The fact that his mother hulked out on him, which I imagine it would. I, 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 you think this is the first time that she, you know, she's a, a no doubt liberal woman who's in the education field hitting her child is probably abhorrent to her. This is the first time she might've raised her hand to him ever. Probably so. And as an adult, that just must be a really affecting experience. But there are some, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm really curious about Madison's past. That's one of the more interesting threads, I think. Because they do, there are hints that there was maybe bad shit going on in her old marriage. Yes. Or, and that maybe it wasn't her husband's fault. Ooh. I I don't know. We've got some Because she did turn to the bottle, like. Yes. And that yes, seems. And I to think be, that's a big clue. And you know that this kind of behavior runs in families too. It's. Uh, I. I believe addiction is at least partially genetic. And she said it in the episode where I think that's they were true. in the school episode two or something. Uh, she said, "Yeah, it's it's a genetic thing. Hmm. It runs in the family." Interesting. So I don't know. All right. Uh, so Nick locks himself in the bathroom uh, to kind of uh, recover, and Alicia wants to talk to him after rightly dismissing Travis's attempts to butt in and try to be their dad. Yeah, nobody wants you here, Travis. And I liked it that she didn't like overreact. She just an absolute no room to be brooked. Said you need to step. And Travis is smart enough to realize that she's right. Just smart enough. Barely. Just smart yes. enough. Yes. Uh, she tries to comfort him. Uh, as Maddie drinks alone in the garage, uh, feeling obviously terrible for losing her temper. And now you've got me thinking that maybe this is a resu- resumption of a pattern mm, that she got right? in. The, the listeners have me thinking that. Hmm. We'll talk about it well, more. Good on them. we got some smart listeners. Yeah, we do. Uh, the Walking Dead should hire a few. <laughs> the soldiers came to t- uh, take Barbershop's wife in the night, but they refused to let him tag along. And there's confusion because they have two names in his list. He's like, yes, it's, it's Daniel and Griselda or whatever her name is. Nope. And no, it's it's Nick and Griselda, mm-hmm. and uh, Nick tries to run, and all hell breaks loose. Gets a rifle butt to <laughs> the face. Nick gets rifle butted in the face. <sighs> Liza's trying to reason with Dr. Exeter on Nick's behalf, but she says, hey, if you really want to help, you need to get in this truck and come with me and be a fake doctor. Yeah. And are you surprised that Liza just, she did, she just jumped in there. Uh, So she abandoned her kid, which is kind of fucked up. Well, he's Chris. I don't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Say what you want about Chris. I think that's a dick She's move. She's like, still. oh, it's my child. She looks back at him and sees him monologuing <laughs> to the camera. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm a little surprised that she did it without even asking about, like, can Chris come with me? Do you like, think I need Chris. Do you think that's one of the things they're de- dealing Because we talked last week about how 
this being a doctor is a very important thing to her and, and like being able yeah. to help and, and seeing what she's actually capable of. And now she's maybe for the first time given a situation where she can really flex her muscles. Mm-hmm. And part of it is looking after her people. And I guess, you know, she's considering Nick and Griselda her people. But part of it is also a little almost selfish. Yeah. Um, and that's selfish. Like now now it's time to see what I'm made of. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, like this is, this is the up. crisis opportunity that I've been waiting my whole life for. Yeah. Family be damned. I'm going. Right. Right. Uh I'm I'm so I'm a little surprised, but at the same time it it also gives me hope that Nick and possibly Griselda are gonna make it out of this. I, I don't think Griselda's going to, but it gives me a little more hope that Nick will because now if this is a really bad place, like you go there and you never come back sort of thing. Yeah. They're neither of them are coming back. Griselda's mm. not coming back. Nick's not coming back. Liza's not coming back. The uh Hector and his wife are not coming back. There are a lot of characters mixed up in this new location. Well, Hector's not. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Hector is. I'm Hector. sorry. I, I got yeah, Hector. not Daniel. Yeah, uh, D- Daniel's still back at the house. Yeah. So it gives me a little more hope for the rest of these characters. I guess that this might not be as bad of a place as we think. I'm trying to think of some things that they could really do to turn this around. As far as my, in, you know, my interest in having everyone going to the hospital dying would be kind of awesome. Jesus, <laughs> I really don't want to lose Nick though. Like, if you can't show like me the Nick. nine days of the world falling to shit, if yeah. you can just, like, eliminate three named characters in one fell swoop, like Liza, Nick, or Zelda, bam, gone, that and would they actually do that. have me sit up and, and take notice. Yeah. What are we going to say? They can do what? Uh, they can do that. I mean, we're, we've got two episodes left. We're approaching the end of the season, so they need something big to happen during these next couple episodes. Mm. That would be pretty big. Hmm. Interesting. Another Harry Potter connection here, though. Oh. We got Griselda uh, Salazar uh, going off to his mil- this military hospital with the young Lord Voldemort. Uh, you know, Salazar Slytherin was the founder of House Slytherin, who Voldemort Voldemort was the heir to Slytherin. Okay, we could be heading to a full on Hogwarts situation here. Yeah, yeah, it's they're going to all get signed up involuntarily for Quidditch matches. It is. It's gonna That's be a the real, true horror. real bad scene. That's the true horror. The rest of the season is just, just two hours of Quidditch. Quidditch. <laughs> two hours of Quidditch. Buckle in, people. Damn it. Uh, so Maddie understandably blames Liza for all of this. I think I can allow her. Like, I thought that she... I wasn't on board with her hatred of Liza. To, you know, it seemed kind of petulant and, and not as adult as I see her. But in this situation where her child is being carted off... Uh, uh, to this military hospital, and everything looks super sketchy, and she is feeling bad about herself, so she's projecting and deflecting. Like, I yeah. thought her blaming Liza for all this and then storming off, leaving Nick stunned. I thought that was actually really good. Um, sure. But then, just as I was getting reinvolved with the episode, they have Alicia grab Susan's suicide note and go in her bed sheets like a little kid and read it, mm-hmm. and it makes Susan sound like a nut job. Yeah. Like, nothing that we've ever... Like, what... We know what was out in the media and what was happening in the neighborhood at the time of her death. And it really makes her seem like this reactionary, crazy person. Yeah, it's a zero to 60. Like, yeah, there's some like if people reacted this way to the bird flu, there'd be an epidemic of suicide. Yes. Just like every year. And for what? Because I thought her the whole premise of this, her hiding under the sheets, reading this was the horse yeah. shit. Ah, Ebola made it onto an international flight. I'm just going to kill myself. Yeah, yeah, time <laughs> What the fuck? Time man. to drink poison. 
Sure. Uh, but then they do in, in a pretty effective note of Travis having his eyes forcibly yanked open when he sees a fire team exterminate the sing- signaler's camp. So, all right. So there's a lot of interesting speculation that can go on here, right? All right. Is it potential, uh, potentially not the extermination of these people? Is it possible that there is some kind of gang of people holed up in there? Uh, maybe that's not the military moving in and killing everyone. I think it's the military moving in. I'm just playing a little uh, guessing game here. Well, you know, the fact that they shot a guy with a gun, maybe it is like a resistance. Yeah, I was wondering. Which that, that oh, God, that seems like the thing they would do, and I think that's dumb. Like, Did, really, nine days after Fall of the Apocalypse, you're going to have an armed resistance to the military? Why? Sure. Because they're rounding sure. people up and moving you out of a dangerous situation like that? Yeah. I don't know. That... Probably not. I don't think that's it. I, th- I think the military moved in. And this is why I think, you know, all of these little hints that the military is uh, a bad force and this whole thing's ominous is it culminates in this shooting at the end. Yeah. And you see what you think is someone out there, whoever's signaling, hey, I need help, just being murdered by the military. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably it. And that that says, okay, that, that that puts a stake in the ground and says, here's where the military stands. So what do you think? I guess the larger question is, what are they doing in these safe safe zones? If they're not trying to find uninfected yeah. people and bring them back to them, they're just exterminating them. Why not exterminate the people in the safe zones? Is this like a deep impact situation where these safe zones are going to be what they – they've already just seeded civilization to the zombies and they're like, okay, we want seed stock for the next generation. Maybe so. Like it seems uh, – or maybe they just ha- don't have the resources to take care of them. They only have enough to. Where are they carting That's people into? True. Like, if, if if why are they loading people up in the trucks and taking them east? If you're just going to shoot them in the streets like you're doing, then why the trucks? Had they ran out of the infrastructure? Like again, it'd been nice to know what was going on these nine days. Yeah, totally. And I'm not saying again. Like I don't want to hear this budget shit. There's a way to do a small, uh, a very small neighborhood slice of this larger action. Mm-hmm. By people talking and dialogue. And again, they didn't have to stage a big action-oriented boom-boom sequence to show a death squad killing a guy in a house. Like, it was just a few flashes of light mm-hmm. in the dark. There's ways to tell this story on a budget, and they just decided not to. Because why? They're not interested in it? Yeah, I'm not sure about these trucks. Like, where are these trucks coming from? Are 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 they transporting people? They're transporting people from outside of the city further east. That's what they say, but they kind of imply. How do the people inside the city know about this? For one, was well, all talked about as it's rumors, and no one really knows, and all that. Again, we're getting okay. secondhand from a okay. teenager filming himself for a YouTube video. But again, I say that if you're already gunning people down in the streets, and if you're loading them into, because I feel like we're supposed to think that they're being loaded into some kind of concentration death camp, like they're driven out to the desert, lined up, and then bulldozed into a pit. Yeah, why you? I don't understand why you take them out of city to do that because clearly so the military else will know about it. Well, and so maybe they're only killing the guys that are actually putting up resistance. Oh, I'd, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that could be. So it's we'll probably get more information on that. But if, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what this military operation is is supposed to be is supposed to be doing. And I gotta wonder if Chris is going this kind of gung ho on conspiracy theory and rumor and you know what's he going to do all next these episode? things well what is tobias doing <laughs> right i mean he was already all in from the get-go sure, sure. chris now i mean i i just you think tobias should be at the hospital 
Hmm. I'm convinced we'll see Tobias again. I'm too. There's way yeah. too much screen time with his face, way too much development for we yeah. us never to see him again. I'm with you. I hope we do. Maybe it'll be season five. He'll he'll have a mask on and he'll be following Maddie and mm-hmm. and Travis and he'll he'll see Susan's suicide notes dropped in the floor and he'll smile. <laughs> and then we won't see him again for another season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, we have feedback, my friend. Yeah, we do. Uh, before we get to that, I didn't uh, want to read all of these emails here. A lot of people pointed this out, and this is something I said to you right after the live watch. No zombies at all in this episode. No zombies, Not a yeah. single damn one. Um, do you feel like you needed one? Do you think maybe if no. there was one in there, it'd be a little more tense? No. I'm kind of with you. I I did not miss the zombies. I didn't miss I, I missed a lot of other things, but I don't yeah, think yeah. the lack of zombies was... Now... It could be argued that if you're going to kind of have this ham-fisted, half-assed attempt to tell this particular story, mm. why not zombies? Why not spice it up? Because you got this weird thing where they're not making a show for me who wants to see something more thoughtful and something more interesting than something I haven't seen before. And yeah. now they're not making the show for the people that just want to see zombies get killed real good. Mm-hmm. So who are they making this show for? So I, I don't know. I can see if you're a hardcore zombie fan, be like, well, at least, you know, what the fuck? There weren't even zombies. But if you're like, you know, wanting to see a great drama series based on the premise, I don't need to see zombies, but I need to see the other things that I'm not seeing. So sure. All yeah. right. No, I, I just wanted to bring it up because people were saying, oh, why didn't you mention that? Hmm. I forgot. I know you pointed cast. it. Yeah, I know yeah. you pointed it out, but it must not have made the cast. Nope, it didn't. God damn it, Jim. Where's our quality control here? Hey, I want to talk a little bit about Club Bald Move and a new feature that we've added to it. Uh, a lot of you are probably aware that uh, we have this club, but you can join for as little as a dollar a month, a buck a month at club.baldmove.com. And you might know that in our shop, there is a commission podcast feature that people have been taking advantage of in this past year. And what you can do is you can choose two-ish hours of entertainment for us to watch, like a reasonably sized movie or a couple of episodes of your favorite television Something that Jim and I might not cover, and you can have us do a custom podcast just for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside on that is it's it's kind of pricey for discretion area expenses. So what we've done is we've created this new thing called community commissions, where instead of uh, ponying up the price for a commission podcast yourself, uh, we've held a vote and we put up the 10 most popular movie and television choices. And you can buy a share of that commission podcast for $10. And once 30 people in the community uh, also buy a share, you know, you can buy multiple shares, we'll take that down off the cart and do a commission podcast on it. A lot of great things um, that are up there. Uh, Princess Bride. No, no, no. Don't tell people about that. Princess one. Bride's no. only got uh, 20 more shares left. Uh, Firefly. Uh, yes. As of this recording, uh, only 18 shares left. And we'll wow. be pulling that okay. down. Um, it's only been out a day. So I'm, I'm yeah. happy about that. Like, I really would love to talk about Firefly. But there's stuff up there like uh, um, uh, The Shining. Yeah, okay. Mahal and Drive, which I've not actually seen. Oh, no. Pulp Fiction, which I have seen and I could talk for hours about. Uh, And if you're not aware of our commission podcast, go to baldmove.com and click on Bald Movies. uh, And we've got like a whole collection of what we've done in the last uh, year or two. Yeah. Uh, We've we've done all kinds of things. Like we just released The Way of the Gun. We just recently did <laughs> yeah. contact. We, I mean, everything from, you know, sci-fi epics to Anne of Green Gables. Like, yeah, where we do it for next week. We got the color purple mm-hmm. uh, yep. that a, uh, uh, someone commissioned us to do. So it, it's kind of fun. And it's a way that we can uh, 
uh, bring the commission fund to to uh, people that don't want to spend two hundred fifty dollars on having their own personal podcast. Yeah, so we're excited expensive. about that. And also, coincidentally, if you were a Subbable subscriber, we noticed Subbable kind of shut down and went away, which is what directly caused the birth of Club Bald Move. Mm-hmm. We finally got the final numbers from them, and we've imported everybody's balances. You should have an email if you were a, a Subbable subscriber with a balance. You mm-hmm. should have an email that's sent out to you with a coupon that you can redeem in our store. So all those bucks that you spent, you can throw towards a commission podcast, um, uh, either your own or your community shares. So check all that out. It's at uh, baldmove.com slash shop. You don't even have to be a club member yeah. to do a community commission. Uh, but you can get more details at club.baldmove.shop and see all of our inventory. We'll be refreshing that probably on a quarterly-ish basis. Yeah, not really sure. We'll see how, how quickly we got, they yeah, get rotated. Not, we have no idea. We just we just started this thing. But we're pretty excited about it, and it's a great way to support Bald Move because mm-hmm. we really do need your support. If you, if you value uh, our niche here as independent podcasters that uh, you know, we strive to be honest, and I know sometimes our views aren't always popular – aren't always, uh, um, you know, in line with like the typical fanboy community, but maybe that's something that you see as valuable that, sure. uh, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that will tell you something is awesome all the time. Um, sometimes we like to say things suck and we like to rip on things and have fun with it. And if you see that as a valuable part of your podcasting, uh, retinue, then, uh, go to club.baldmove.com and consider supporting us. We would, we would love to have your support. All right, let's get into feedback. We start off with Ross in Georgia. Says, uh, "Just want to say it would be super interesting for a group to encounter celebrities in their forthcoming journey. Think <laughs> Bill Murray in Zombieland. Probably not hard to cast these people, seeing as how the show is widely popular and a monster in the ratings games. And half uh, hell, probably any celebrity from The Talking Dead would give an arm. No pun intended. Sure, for the guest shot on Fear the Walking Dead. I yeah, totally. They could Patton Oswalt." Patton sure. Oswalt is ripe for this, right? Zach Galifianakis? <laughs> Do we know for sure he wasn't We're in not, last night's episode? There was not a lot of screen time for he old He was Doug. uncredited. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could do that. I thought it, you know, and not just celebrities, but I'm talking about it'd be interesting to see celebrities because... Real life celebrities. Yeah, yeah. one of the interesting things about Tyrese... Like, get and, Rob Lowe in there, you know? One of the interesting things about Tyrese and The Walking Dead was that his backstory was he was an Atlanta Falcon. Okay. He was like a wealthy athlete. Mm-hmm. Um and you know that that kind of like, you know, what you were before versus what you are now. I would like to see more of that. Sure. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody as really important in The Walking Dead. And yeah. here in LA, how likely is that that you're not gonna Super run across some yeah. studios like someone trying to throw their money around in a world that it doesn't mean anything with? Now, that mm-hmm. that's another, I think, interesting plot point they could he, uh, do here. Uh because right now, money still means something. You could buy people's protection and loyalty. and Possibly, yeah. It would be interesting to see someone that bought their way to the top up until the point where people realize this green paper is worthless now. Yeah. And then that turn on them. That would be an interesting story to tell. Yeah. What about, so Patience says uh, she suggests bringing Danny Trejo into the mix. You got a built for film badass right there. That's uh, Tortuga. From... That's the bro- that's uh, Daniel's brother who he thought was dead in El Salvador. <laughs> he comes and back, he climbed his wielding way from a, a machete. Of course, a uh-huh. machete. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm down for that. Good stuff. I mean, if you're yeah, if you're if you're not gonna do the if you're not gonna if you're not gonna go for a, an Emmy, then go go full on bonkers, go zombie nation with it. Why not? Yeah, I'm with you. 
Uh, so we got a question about last week's episode from Aaron T, d- double Aaron T. Ooh, double Aaron. Says, when Travis and Team Barbershop get back to Maddie's house, why didn't Maddie, Nick, and Alicia just use the front door to warn them rather than head back through the Zen Garden back there? So I heard that if you actually look at the geometry of the situation, that Susan's a backyard neighbor. Ah. So going okay. to the front door would actually entail... Going around the block. Going around the block. Yeah. And if... Makes sense. I'll yeah. I mean, any you're right because if you don't buy that, and I think if I, if you if you do see the establishing shots, that that's exactly what happened. So that, and it makes sense because they pull out when they pull out and see Patrick. Um, they've kind of pulled around. They pulled the around block. the exactly. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that makes sense. Uh, Elizabeth S says, "I have a mega favor to ask. Please explain what the fuck tropes mean. I'm not a show analyst and have no idea what you're talking about. Every time you mention it." Which she uses term a lot. So a trope is like um, jumping the shark. Well, no, no, that's not a trope. That's a, more of an idiom. A trope is something that you see again and again and again, and it becomes. Um, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I'm man. It's I like, am, it's like a cliche. Um, yeah. It's just something that they use to convey a particular idea over and over, and so it becomes something that stands for a concept or an idea. Yeah, like when you see like a a wafy girl who is a badass physically like mm-hmm. a Mia Jovovich or sure, River yeah. Tam in uh or what what's her Firefly, direct? yeah. Uh Summer Glau and everything you've ever seen her. Yeah, that's yeah. like the waif badass. Terminator, sure. That's a trope. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the 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 drug addict with that uh, with a heart of gold is a trope. Like there's like all these things, a prostitute with a heart of gold, that's a trope. Yeah. Um and then when so so when you're expecting to see the prostitute the heart of gold and it turns out she she's a uh a monster that's an inversion of a trope. Uh-huh. So you've got both forms. You've got the the expectation and sometimes they go and do a a judo flip on you and invert that and sometimes that becomes its own trope. Like when you can see yes. it coming a mile away. Sure. Um and there's a lot of things like the fact it's kind of seen as hacky to do things like that, to rely on a show that's just trope after trope after trope. Mm-hmm. And some of the better shows when they're aware of the tropes and the author, the, the writers will actually acknowledge the trope in universe and have the characters talk about why this doesn't apply. And when that happens, that's called putting a lampshade on the trope. Like, you know, you're kind of cut. You're like, okay, we acknowledge that this is a trope, but we're going to do something interesting with it. So I'm putting this lampshade over it. So you don't see it. Sure. And that's, if you go to TV yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe it's .org. If you search for TV tropes and prepare to lose hours, it's kind of like when you first see Wikipedia because every fucking blue link takes you down this this carnival of memories, of pop sure. culture memories. Uh, they they have an exhaustive catalog of like all available tropes. There are a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. Uh, Robin Cincinnati has some comments about uh, this whole scenario and how realistic it is uh, that I, I really liked. Starts off saying the unit portrayed in the show is part of the California National Guard from the 40th Infantry Division. 40th has units all up and down the West Coast and even has a few in Hawaii. And he worked with them on several several occasions when when he was in active duty, he helped train them. And I I redacted the part where he says where he helped train them because of this next sentence. Never was I overly impressed with their technical and tactical <laughs> proficiency. Uh, so I'm debunking the idea that they are a high speed unit that would be sent to quell the LA area. So not are they assholes or incompetent assholes. Yes. According to Rob in Cincinnati. Uh, he also says, um, you guys mentioned that the army might be able to quickly get a handle on the whole zombie apocalypse thing pretty quick. 
I think it is completely plausible that if the dead started walking again, we'd be pretty fucked pretty damn quickly. The military is less than 1% of the population in the U.S., and of that less than 1%, you can take out those deployed overseas. Uh, yeah. Then you'd have to look out, uh, look and see who are actual combat troops, so you can take out nearly all of the Air Force and Navy. <laughs> okay. Uh, and a little more than half of the Marines and somewhere between a half and three-fourths of the Army. What? Okay. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are support troops, right? Sure. Like, or administrative positions, stuff like that. Uh, the remaining 0.05% or so are the people that fire their guns more than twice a year and can operate as a combat unit. That small of a number can be quickly overwhelmed. Also, you need to factor in uh, desertions and troops infected before being mobilized. In the Army, we had a lot of free time, and some of what uh, some of that free time was taken up by making their zombie plans. Uh, he never met anyone whose zombie plan was... I will do whatever this 22-year-old second lieutenant tells me to do. Mm. It was always, I'm going to get ammo, I'm going to get my rifle, get MREs, and I'm bugging out. Okay. Uh, And then he says, also a perfect example is Hurricane Katrina, where uh, Louisiana National Guard ceased being a combat effective unit after Lake Pontchartrain broke the levees, and they all, quote-unquote, lost their weapons. Uh, Less than a quarter of the troops showed up to mobilize. Like, Mm. I don't know if this is all true, but... Taking his word for it, that sounds like a pretty bad scenario. Yeah, where you've got an already small military force that is made even smaller by people not showing up. But that's that's the thing. Like by the time you've got troops breaking ranks and deserting, you've pretty much said that the zombie apocalypse is inevitable. My thing is that Mm -hmm. you know, have you ever heard of a detachment of Rangers or Marines in Fallujah being overwhelmed by twenty unarmed? insurgents but those are the actual combat troops that he's talking about what what i'm saying is like so you've got a you've got a handful a few thousand infected in a city to begin with and and yeah it just seems like not only they unarmed but they're unthinking and they always have like every time i've seen like troops being overwhelmed it's because zombies like bust out of a convenient closet Uh and like a waterfall of them (laughs) goes on the troops and they're like oh and they're they're firing their guns and all that stuff (laughs) I just I don't know. I mean, it's it's like there's step one zombies appear. Step two is always question mark question mark question mark. Step mm-hmm. three troops desert. They throw their guns down. They run to be with their families. It's always a step two. It's like where it goes from an isolated case or a few hundred or a few thousand to millions that it seems hard to believe or understand. With the Walking Dead style, like yeah, yeah, yeah. raid it's zombies some... that are fast moving and and things like uh-huh. that might be a different story, or like the yeah. I Am Legend zombies that actually have a, their own type of intelligence mm-hmm. might be something different as well. And again, like I don't, there will come a day that someone will make a really scientifically accurate zombie movie that might change my mind on this. I haven't okay. seen it yet, yeah. but yeah, what he says, I think. It's true, but you're granting the fact that these zombies are so overwhelmingly effective that they would break the military's cohesion. I, well, I think he's like talking sheer numbers here. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you say that, like if you grant all of his premises here, premises um, that a lot of people are, just aren't even going to show up when the shit breaks bad. But and that's it's already like Katrina. Force, is Katrina a good example because Katrina Katrina is like an existing. But he's talking about an isolated incident where. There's an example of people just not showing up to do their duty, and then you you scale that up and say, okay, this is happening countrywide here. Mm. Then you're talking about stretching. Like they can't send the troops from Ohio or Texas or wherever they send them from because those people are busy in Dallas, yeah, and Cincinnati, I and I get it. 
So, like, I, I don't know. It seems fairly plausible to me, but... I know, I know. You've always been more skeptical on that. Yeah, it's again. It's like my dad's a zombie in this house. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, can that be a threat to my neighborhood slash block? How does it get beyond that? And I don't. You know, like I said, I've I've spent a lot of hours on message boards arguing about it, and I've read all the seminal works like World War Z and all that stuff. And I just every time I come like this doesn't seem convincing to me. I don't know. I mean, think about the guy who gets bit on a New York subway. Think about like all the people who are infected by bites that they don't think is a real problem. But the thing is, like, they don't oh, turn instantly into zombies. Yeah. Like if they did, like if like within if it's a rage virus, or within thirty seconds you turn into a zombie and you start biting other people, fine. But you get bit and you're like, God damn it, I just got fucking bit. And then you, you go, go to the doctor and, you get and they sick go and you go to the doctor and then several days later you might turn into a zombie. Like, yeah, but then you're by that time you're at home, you're in your bed, you're waking up next to your wife, you're biting her, your whole family's okay, a zombie. So, so now you got five people that are a zombie that are they're stuck in a house. Do you see what I'm saying? What like it, it happens at work in the bathroom natural, and, and, and Joe walks in. Fire breaks to this situation. There are, but there are a lot of also ways that it spreads. Right? Like if I go to work and I'm super sick and I'm thinking, okay, well I got to go to work today. And I die on the fucking John, or I die in front of the urinal, and somebody walks in, and I bite them, and then the next person who walks in gets bit, and I, I don't know. And the mosquito virus, if the zombie virus is carried by mosquitoes, that well, would yeah. that would make that would actually start then, to then change. We're all done. That would start to change the situation. But sure, being bit by nail scratches or being spread by nail scratches and, and bites. Again, The Walking Dead ups the ante by saying to everyone that dies, and that's a little bit more interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with anyone that has actual military experience and and, and facts and figures, because <laughs> okay. I hate when people do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, fine. I've I've accepted the premise. Okay. Um. Guy named Lino writes in, says, "Not sure if you guys are aware, but Ruben Blades, the actor who plays Barbershop, is an extremely accomplished and famous Latin singer." He says, "Check it," and he points me to a YouTube video which I'm going to play for you guys because uh, actually the, the video that he pointed me to had some bad audio, but I went and I looked him up and yeah, he's got a lot of stuff. Long, mm-hmm. long, big catalog here. Como a tres cuadras de aquella esquina, una mujer va recorriendo la acera entera por quinta vez y en un sagua entra y se da un trago para olvidar what do you think about that? I am really wanting nachos and queso dip. <laughs> table and, side guac. And, and I would like some table side guac, yes. Uh-huh. That is exactly what I'm thinking right now. I had no idea. This guy, yeah, he's got a big catalog. So we're wrong. He's not like some special forces guy. He's Zorro. <laughs> Why is he Zorro? Was Zorro Isn't, a singer? Wasn't he kind of like a... I don't know. I don't know. He's a no. He was a Spanish nobleman. Yeah, I thought he had a guitar. No, you're. you're <laughs> yeah, you anybody a with a sword. guitar has a deep catalog of. My Zorro knowledge Latin comes hits. from the Antonio Banderas movie I sure. saw like twenty years ago. Me too. So Me too. there you go, baby. Again, where I'm Anthony really establishing Hopkins my idiot credentials liver. in this show. Uh, Beverly B, where are all the zombies? Compare the scenes of Atlanta uh, in season one of Walking Dead with the empty streets of L.A. in this mess of a story. Is their budget really that low? Uh, also, she hates this military as jerks trope. 
What yeah. sort of units would be assigned to corral a random subdivision full of teachers and bikers? Not elite combat units. This would be like the National Guard. These would be people who had day jobs until two weeks ago and would be worried about their own families. The guy playing golf, seriously, he'd be worried about his parents or his kids or his friends. Yeah. And she's she's saying these sh- soldiers should be more traumatized like a lot of these people are, which I don't know. I, I try to reconcile that with what Rob's saying in Cincinnati. Um, and I think, yeah, if you want to make use of troops who are not combat troops, sure, send in your second lieutenants to run like your your civ- civilian areas while the uh, the combat troops go out and clean house. Right. But there again, you know, like... But this guy's a bad guy. Yeah. Because he needs to be, I guess. I know. In the show. Uh, Where's the tension if he's not a bad guy? Yeah, I mean, the 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 better villains are three-dimensional. And yes. it's like, there but for the grace of God go I. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, I'm not an asshole, so I'm not going to end up like this guy kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean... It, Probably both sides are true. You got both sides of that coin. But for the guys that did show up, I feel like that they would be more professional and they would make an attempt to be sensitive because the guy, you know, on the one hand, he's saying, I don't want a situation here. And he's trying to use civilians to like, you know, play psychological, you know, to, to do things psychologically smart. But on the other hand, he's snatching people in the dead of night, creating a situation, creating situations yeah. that same fucking day. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like, it was within their grasp to make this Moyers guy a more interesting, conflicted person. And they just chose not to because they'd rather have the governor. That said, I don't know what kind of training they have in regards to dealing with civilians and dealing with general populations. I mean, if they, if this guy is truly part of a combat troop, uh, a squad of combat troops or whatever, he's probably not trained for that. He's trained to do some killing. I get it, but you know, I don't know. I've, it just depends. Like some, hey, he's just a yeah. lieutenant, and the higher you get up, the more of a kind yeah. of a politician you are. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember hearing the story of like the guy who was in charge of the Louisiana National Guard during Katrina. Like he came in like a week or two at, into the disaster when things were kind of shitty, and he like turned the situation around. And he was that was the one he thing he preached is like, don't go fucking around pointing your guns at people. This is not Iraq. Yeah. This is the United Goddamn States of America. These are We're your fellow help. citizens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to to be polite and to ask and to not let, you know, just common sense stuff like that. And yeah. I would think it'd be more interesting to see a guy like that turned into a monster by necessity or maybe not even a monster by like, again, the best villains are like, I can see why he would do something like that. Yeah, he he seems to overreact to the questions that these people have. Well, right? and the people seem to overreact to every. I mean, it's like it's on both sides. Everyone is a caricature. I I'm trying to find yeah, like I, where is the Aaron in this situation? Where's the he's guy? Dead. He's like dead. like Travis he's is flashing a mirror outside the window. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm like wait 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 wait. Can we just sit and think? I'm dead or I'm bitten. So you're uh-huh. right. Yeah. They all died off in the first day. That explains why you just have reactionary assholes. Sure. Things. The the ones who fled, the ones who the were ones there. The ones that says, like, wait a second, can, can we think this thing through or are dead? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I think I'm on. I'm back on board. Kimberly in New York says, uh, he's talk- she's talking about Kirkman here, says, I think he came up with a great premise, but he isn't really a good storyteller for television. She didn't dislike this episode, thought it was the best out of the four, actually. Didn't like the nine-day jump, but I thought there was some good character development in Madison. I think Madison is paranoid and edgy and seeing things that Travis isn't because she is the mother of a drug addict. Okay, I I can buy that. 
She's always on her guard. You're with always Nick. looking for yep. where the angle is, trying to yeah. find out what he's doing, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he definitely, uh, it definitely taught her not to trust easily, and that's why uh, Barbershop spoke specifically to her about his experiences. Yeah, I, I, he Barbershop has that. no respect for Travis. No, no, come on. Yeah, I mean, he called him weak just yes, one episode yes, ago. He did. He'd probably say that to his face too. He probably would. Yeah, and knowing you're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, she also thinks it's interesting that uh, Liza left. Liza is left now with Nick taking care of him, and Madison is looking after Chris. So, kind of the old switcheroo there could be interesting. Uh, Anthony in Bayonne says, "God damn it, Kirkman, you got me again." I immediately tapped out on this. Ep- uh, tapped out of the episode when I heard they jumped over nine days. Nine fucking days. Yep. Rick was in a coma for three weeks. Yep. His coma didn't start day one of the outbreak, so let's say two and a half weeks into the apocalypse. From episodes one through three, we had three days of zombie uprising. Now it's 12 days in, almost two weeks. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> he thought he thought this was a different show. So did I. So did I, Anthony. Uh, you know, a cynic would say that it's just really damn hard to make a convincing fall of civilization to zombie apocalypse, so you kind of got to yada yada through it. But, but that's I'm, what I've we decided all not see, to be that right? cynic. So. No, I get it, yeah. yeah. And again, like... I heard the, the the defenders of The Walking Dead, so like we're the haters, I don't know what you call the the lovers, the fanboys, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, it's budget, budget, budget. Number one, I saw season one of The Walking Dead, and I saw the cast of thousands they had running around those streets, and that was an experiment on a show that AMC was taking a chance on that now has got 18 fucking million people and sponsorships by Hyundai yeah. and Microsoft and GM and everybody else. Well, how can so it's bullshit that they're using budget as an excuse not to be able to pull these scenes off. And number two, even if they do, they like making money. They're capitalists, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, There's ways to tell that story without spending millions and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not going to be epic Brad Pitt versus Seas of Zombies ways of telling the stories, but they're still effective. And it is fresh. It is frustrating to to to. I mean, that again, I felt like I got punched in the gut. When Chris Marmley said nine, it's been nine days. I'm like, I mean, I was shocked. I was shocked and disappointed. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Tim also wants to relate an experience about Hurricane Katrina where he lived through it, uh, the aftermath of it. He says, following Katrina, I lived without power for three weeks and without running water and sewer for five days. I witnessed the government promise food, water and other supplies yet repeatedly failed to deliver. Understandably, this caused people to become agitated. On Fear the Walking Dead, in addition to living with limited food, water, medical supplies, the people are dealing with being confined against their will and the ever-present risk of uh, being eaten by your neighbor. Humans are creatures of habit. Break up the routine to which we've been conditioned, and you cause anxiety, distrust, and cause tempers to be much shorter. So he he actually thinks they're giving these people a little too much credit in staying calm uh, in nine days. Now, he does say... That he was without power for three weeks, so a little bit longer of a period there. But no, I get it. Three weeks. It was when, a bad situation. Yeah. When you know, it's like it's easy to say in the first few days of a catastrophe that like, well, we're overwhelmed. But as yeah, you know, you get into week three of of one of the most powerful nations on earth. Like you mm. can't get, you know, like what what the fuck? Um, I, I I don't know. I mean. It'd be. I wonder if it, the reaction would be different if there was an invasion. Like that's. The, he makes it seem like it's a force multiplier for people to be more on edge, which I agree. But I think if there is actually a real danger, 
Yeah. Like Katrina was danger, but it was past and you're three weeks past and you still can't get the help you need. This is an ongoing omnipresent threat and bullets are being shot and all that stuff. Yeah. And it makes me wonder how much the people know about the threat. And another reason why I want to see the nine days, it would make more we sense for these know. people we don't know. to be stressed under those circumstances where they know there's there, there are problems out there or potentially where they don't know if there are problems and they're being information is being kept from them and they're they're being kept in the dark. And so they're agitated by that. We just don't know. And I, I feel like the nine day jump was probably a mistake. Yeah. And that's yeah. I mean. There's all kinds of things you could explain why the people are reacting this way, but, you know, we didn't see it. Yeah. I mean, we all watched Katrina unfold on national television, and everyone was getting frustrated with the situation. Yeah. Even people weren't living there. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, wow, this is kind of, I remember being kind of shooken, like... It's a taste of what could happen to you. Yeah, like, I didn't think something like this could happen in America. Yeah. Like... Uh, you shit like that happens in Haiti or you know a, th- a quote unquote third world country that can't get their shit together. But sure, we have aircraft carriers and C one thirties and shit that can move massive things and trains and infrastructure and three hundred million people that are wealthy. What the fuck, you know? Yeah. So you throw in zombies, I don't. Know, it's a wild card. But again, that's why it would have been really cool to see those nine days. Indeed, Liz G wants to comment about Nick. Says he was in the pool. Maybe he showered after being in that nasty pool. Why did he put the old man clothes back on? He, he So he changes his shirt. He's got a white, just general, like, undershirt-looking uh-huh. thing, baggy. Uh-huh. But he puts that jacket and those pants right back on. What's he doing, man? I'm telling you, he likes the, he likes the jacket. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Do you think he'll take the jacket off when he gets clean? If he gets clean. I mean that's a so that's a that's an effective way to tell um, from a storytelling perspective that a person's changed visually, yeah, visually like he looks like a different person. Mm-hmm. Um, like him getting his hair cut. I don't know. I mean, he's already got Daryl hair. Yeah, and we're nine days into this thing. <laughs> like this could oh, this God. could be a full on fiasco. But uh-huh. yeah, it'd be cool to see him. You know, trim that hair and and get some different threads and and kind of grow up before our eyes. And that'd be an easy way to do it. Uh, yeah, it is weird that he is keeping the same wardrobe. No one else is doing that. Mm, no, no. So I mean, Alicia's still I mean, rocking a that. certain look, but it's yeah, not yeah. the identical clothes she's was wearing. And she has all her clothes. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Nick doesn't have his wardrobe, whatever that might have consisted of. But him and Trap, I mean, there's... Th- that's what I'm saying. Like, someone in this neighborhood has a closet full of clothes you can go raid. Or his his uh, mom's slam piece. Yes. I mean, it'd be baggy because Travis looks like he's quite a bit bigger than him. What about Chris? Has Chris been changing clothes? I, that's, I, I, I didn't I just thought of that. Yeah. Like, Because they Liza just snatched him off cl- the street and yeah. came right over here, so they're all in the same boat. Uh-huh. Liza uh, shouldn't have any clothes either. Is she wearing Maddie's clothes? I wouldn't. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Next, if, if, we'll, if, if, we'll if watch this, for yeah, it. Yeah, like next week we should we should have a, a fashion report. All right. What, what is Each the week, fashion yeah. of Fear the Walking Dead? And what it says about the character at sure. the moment. <laughs> How cute is the top that Liza's wearing? Or okay. if, or how or, short or, is the skirt that? Or if Nick starts wearing Travis's clothes, we can have a who wore it better. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Bill <laughs> Vote from on baldmove.com. <laughs> Bill from Houston. We're turning it into BuzzFeed. Uh, Bill from Houston. I'm writing about the mysterious person in the far off building sending flash signals. What do you guys think? Uh, do you guys think it's possible that Tobias is the one sending those signals? No, so, because then we'll never. I mean, this is an interesting theory. Like. It'd be cool if he's running with that crew, though. That crew. Okay, so you're assuming that the there's a crew out there? 
I, yeah, I just said it'd be cool, but I also said in the same episode that I don't think it's kind of stretching my credibility that there'd be armed gang of resistance against the military and against the government, but I don't know. Maybe they are. So they're, the just, they're going around thing, snuffing out the preppers. We know that... Wait, okay. I'm trying to figure out, does Tobias go to the same school as Alicia? Yes. Doesn't I know he Alicia goes to the go same school, school that Maddie is the counselor yeah. at, but I'm not sure because she could live across town and drive to work every day. I was going to say no, so no, he's got to be in I know, proximity Tobias to knew Nick, which okay. implies that okay. they, all the kids went to the same school. Then there you go. He's got to be within this radius of the school district, so that seems like it would be close enough to be within the same school. Yeah. Um. So maybe maybe that's Tobias, but if it is, I'm worried that he's dead. No, I don't think it's literally Tobias because okay. Tobias, I don't think, is is ready to be dead. No, I agree. But, He's got to come back. But Tobias adjacent, sure. Like, again, okay. if, there's, if there's a group of, uh, you know, zombie truthers uh-huh. that are fighting against the oppression of the, the, the government. Or maybe uh, and, they come in and kill his family while he's hiding out in his makeshift bunker. Yeah, something like that. And then he comes in and he tells the town, look, they killed my family, but nobody believes him because he's a crazy... Uh, prepper guy. Yeah, that I, I uh, would the Walking Dead do that? Sure, but yeah. I feel like that that's is super interesting for all the main characters. Yeah. The Fear the Walking Dead. That ship has sailed because they saw firsthand that these yes. guys are up to, broadly speaking, no good or or definitely um, utilitarian t- ideas of justice and safety and and all those, and not necessarily, you know, American ideals of those things. So they could go. Although there's a lot of people out there snorting when I make that. <laughs> American sure, ideals are yeah. utilitarian and pragmatic and uh, I wonder if maybe amoral. Travis might get uh, get the bug to go out there and see what's going on in that house. Or if Maddie might go out there and maybe find Tobias along the way. She already got the and hole. Then, she already got the hole in the the, the chain yeah. Link. So it's it's ripe. They can just go right out there. Um, I feel like Barbershop's going to lead a raid on the military hospital, and I'm not sure how I feel about. And that. that's what I was thinking. And then Nick and company can all escape from the hospital, and they can meet up, having found Tobias, be a convenient and zombie take, horde, and make a run for where it. Where are yeah. the 4.5 million zombies that used to be L.A.? Well, Here they're they going to be all converging on a hospital, and yeah, I can see this At all the happening. end of the season. Sure. I cannot. Uh, that that would shape up to be kind of an epic way to end the season. Yeah. Which seems to be Walking Dead's like go for broke, go for broke on the finale. Yeah. So um, Art has a comment along those lines. Is this something where uh, it's kind of leading to a confront- confrontation between Madison and Travis, where Madison wants to sneak out with the family while Travis wants to stay behind and be the mayor? Is that is that interesting to you? Is that possible? Is that another wrinkle they need in their who stay behind to be the Travis? Travis well, wants to stay back. Madison wants to go. I, again, that I feel like that thing. ship sailed. Travis saw, like, these people have seen too much shit to go back to that. All Although, right. so they're having probably said on that, the same page. Th- that's another thing the walking likes to do is infuriating. They, re- they hit the reset button on, on I mean, people. If, so if Travis looks out across the valley and he sees what he's got to presume is a military murder of someone who's in this house. Well, he could be as well, but yeah. He's flashing mirrors. He's that's probably true. not a zombie. He's not a zombie. And And he combines it with the comments that he's been hearing from the head of this military operation here, mm. this lieutenant. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's it's, like, these guys are bad. Yeah. There's no way around it. Yeah. If he's naive and oblivious next Two episode, words. I'll just have a problem. Lori Grimes. Ugh. This guy can waffle and flip-flop from here to season three. Two words, moving on. Stan. 
<laughs> First, my theory on what is being set up uh, at the military camp. They're using the medical facility as a front for experimenting on how people turn into zombies. Yes, that's my favorite of the fan theories right now, which probably okay. means it's not going to happen. Yeah, he outlined some evidence for it um, about people being shot before they turn, um, indicating that they're killing everyone outside to keep the perimeter secured and also keep supplies for the people inside, which I guess they're using as a farm of sorts. Well, I can also see uh, Dr. Exter or Exner saying with a straight face, this is how we can do the most good. If we, yes, we're doing human experimentation, but in the context of the zombie apocalypse, this is, you know, the ends justify the means kind of thing. And that would be, you know, go for the walking dead does best when it goes for broke on action and horror. Uh, And that can hide a lot of the other show, the, the other shortcomings of the show. So yes, I'm totally on board making this the most fucked up, crazy, dehumanizing experience that you possibly can at this hospital. Yeah. People having their throats slit over troughs. Yeah. All sorts of horrible or shit. Or like, you know, being exposed to zombies, mm-hmm. like getting shoved in and then seeing how long they turn. And like, yeah, I mean, I all that. Yes, all that. All right. I'm with you. Uh, he says, a side note, also, I work as an uh, adult drug abuse counselor and see Nick's manipulative behaviors and clients on a daily basis. People really want to own up to their own manipulation I've always wanted to see a fat, lazy dude morph into a skinny badass in the Zompocalypse, but I will take Attic Nick turning into Leader Nick only if the show doesn't fuck this up. Yeah. Oh, I'm, That's an interesting concept. We talked about, like, uh, you know, Tobias pulling a Chris Pratt and whipping out yeah. the six-pack and turning into Star-Lord and yep. being yeah. awesome in future seasons. But, yeah, Nick... Nick could do it, too. That's why... I, yeah, I, I'm... I'm invested in seeing Nick transform into a more interesting version of himself. Yeah, and his own battle with his demons, mm-hmm. you know? I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denise T. says, listening to the instant take, I was surprised at Aaron's reaction, uh, sorry, Aaron's reaction with the resident's impatience with the military presence in the neighborhood. Uh, she's trying to gauge how she would react. She's she's kind of outlining the scenario. Viral disaster strikes resulting in the sick and infected people who attack and eat people. Gross. Um, before she can evacuate her family, the military arrives. They think they're saved. Um... And then they can't provide medicine and, you know, people are getting sick, no power, no phone service, no internet, and she's not being talked to. She's thinking, yeah, it's it's not that hard to believe. I mean, I know we've talked about this a lot, but like, I, I don't want to run through the specifics again. No, everyone's different. And I think that's, if you're watching the show, I mean, you've got and you Doug's, identi- you've and got- if you watch the show and you identify with the characters... Mm-hmm. then it's going to work for you. And if you're like, wow, I don't, I wouldn't act like that. And I don't know many people in my friend circle that would, then you're going to have problems with it. And I'm not, that's not like a referendum on your fitness or for survival and any of that stuff, because, you know, we're talking about the zombie fucking apocalypse here. Yeah. I was, all I can Extreme say is how I feel. And that's how I feel that they didn't do enough to establish again. They could have, yeah, they could have established why these people are being this way, but I saw a fairly reasonable standard of living giving the circumstances. I did too. Yeah, like, but we know a little bit more than the than they may know, right? Sure. Like even people, like people sure. were bitching about medicine, but they were getting adequate care. I mean, think of how life <laughs> a giant ass bag of morphine for one. Yeah, like I she mean, said, I scrounged that from there. Where did you scrounge a shit ton of yeah, morphine from? I got six gallons in the back. What? Was your neighbor, like, uh, Avon Barksdale? 
He's yeah. like, I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 that was kind of weird, but no, I, they could have, it just seemed like for, for what people were bitching about, it was out of, and again, that, that if they had transported this a week into the future and into the next episode, I wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, a lot of maybe other people be watching and be like, I, these people are really sheep. They're just taking all this without lying down. And then other people would be pissed off. I don't know. All I can do is speak as for myself. Sure. Sure. Um, Sarah B has a comment. Uh, a lot of people actually wrote in with this, but she was the first one. And I find this extremely interesting. Um, she's talking about Maddie. She says Maddie's probably a closet alcoholic, right? And she outlines some of the things. She has an intense makeup sex with Travis that he comments on as seeming out of character. And that coffee cup she was drinking from is featured in that scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think during the live watch, we were even like... I mean, Travis there's, there's had a giant it, right? bottle of booze. Yes. I mean, there was... Yeah, that's They were obviously drinking. And not even she goes, subtext. Yeah. Afterwards, she goes sneaking off right back to it once she hits Nick. She's, uh-huh. she's drinking. She's yep. trying to comfort herself with booze. And it makes you wonder, like, when you put together these comments about Travis's broken noses, uh, potentially some violence with Nick. We know that she talked about this kind of addiction running in her genes. Mm -hmm. I think there's a strong case to be made that she is indeed an alcoholic or was in the past um, or or whatever you want to say. I don't. Yeah. People say, you know, you never you're never not an alcoholic. You're just recovering. Sure. Um, But I. I think that's probably where they're going with her. And there's a yeah. lot of evidence to support it. And that's again, they're some of the some of the smaller notes in the show they're doing well. Mm-hmm. And some of the big picture stuff they're, you know, especially since they they did such a good job of explaining like how the current climate of of, you know, how the public especially in large cities feels about law enforcement would directly contribute to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, and then I felt like instead of building on that, they just pat themselves on the back and be like, "All right, fast forward," mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate. Yeah, but I, I feel like the breadcrumbs are laying out for Maddie are pretty interesting. I do, I and, agree, and some of these other characters as well. I, I agree. So I hope they continue down that path. I still have my uh, asshole Travis theory too. Okay, have you told me what the asshole Travis? Yeah, theory the, is? the fact that he's you know he's secretly an abuser himself. Yeah, but I okay, but I haven't seen anything that really tells me that. Uh, just the fact that he was, uh, you know, this is could just be just not talking to people, but him pushing past his ex wife instead of trying to explain. Okay, the yeah. fact that he said that he's gotten his nose broken a bunch of times, implying that he's been in multiple fights. Yeah, like, is this um, a silver linings playbook situation where Maddie and Travis are both human wreckage? That have found themselves uh-huh. and healed, but not really, and it's all going to maybe the silver late. They met in a flop house. Part two is going to be the zo- This is we're seeing part two during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It all falls to shit. They met under the bar in a shooting in gallery, a yeah. dive bar. <laughs> met on the floor uh-huh. or in the bathroom. Yeah, covered in each other's vomit. Uh huh. Said, "Boy, we are two peas in a pod." Here. Yeah, yeah. How do you, are you feeling a soup kitchen <laughs> in the alley behind the bar? I am. Ugh. <laughs> And finally, Jerry says, I'm starting to get the impression that this show is intentionally trying to be horrible. By making Fear the Walking Dead more boring than a four-hour game of Monopoly, the season premiere <laughs> the season premiere of The Walking Dead will pop more by sheer comparison. So it's an elaborate marketing gimmick. What they're doing is they're making a show so bad that people will be so grateful when The Walking Dead comes back on that the ratings will go through the roof. Oh. I think that's an expensive gambit, honestly. 
I mean, it's so you never explain through malice what you can easily explain through incompetence. <laughs> sure. Uh, it could be. I mean, that's could be. I don't think he's seriously proposing this idea. So it's 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 easy to write beginnings and endings. It's very hard to write the middles of things. And it seems like that that bears out in The Walking Dead mm-hmm. that they have strong openings and they have strong endings. And it's the stuff in between that they get kind of lost in the weeds. Yeah. So you could just be seeing the outreach of that. Like they know where they want to go and where they're going is broadly interesting. They don't have the tools in their toolbox to get the characters to do all the things to make all that stuff naturally flow. But by God, the season premiere and the season finales are fucking awesome. Two episode miniseries, the start of the apocalypse, the end of the apocalypse. Yeah. (laughs) Make that. But yeah, but there you go. So, I mean, you could say that like, yes, this is actually getting people pumped up for the walking dead. Although, I don't. It seems like a bad idea. It, it, making something really a bad version of something no, doesn't increase the appetite towards it. Of course not. And, and he's not being serious. Here. But as a, mi- a but as a idea. microcosm, I think that's one of the reasons why I have a hard time shaking the show. Because just when I'm ready to like, yeah. you know, like this this season, this episode in particular shows me that where I'm getting a let I'm I'm getting more of the same from The Walking Dead only yes. with characters that I'm not invested in. Yeah. That's a huge problem. Because that's the thing. Like in season one, I really invested into like Rick and Carl in particular because and season one was a better show. And like the Carol was even like, you know, she wasn't the Carol we have now, but she was interesting. And Daryl was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, So am I going to watch season two of a show where it's got all the same problems as the original show with characters that I'm not as interested in? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but the one of the reasons The Walking Dead keeps roping me back is just when I'm about to write it off as garbage, they will pull something that is like from a belongs in another show. Uh-huh. Like I, you know, and 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 some of that is that they just you know, they lean into like what your impressions of of Rick and mm-hmm. your feelings for some of these characters, and then they'll they'll do something really deftly, or sometimes it's just badass and awesome. Yeah. That, you know, that's another way into my heart. You can do it intellectually or you can just ramp up the adrenaline and be badass. You know, none of the characters in this show strike me as anyone who's going to be badass. A barbershop? At, at, barbershop okay. could be that. But and mm, Nick is yeah, the wild yeah. card. OK, barbershop so, is the Shane of this of this show. Season one. And like I said, Nick as the wild card could do what needs to be done. And no, you're not going to get a, you know, Carol versus uh, Terminus. Yeah. Kind of thing, but you could see a a version of that, a smaller scale version of that. I don't sure. know. We'll see. We'll see. They got two more episodes left. I would be shocked if it is, you know, as inept as the last two episodes have been. I mean, 104 in The Walking Dead was Vatos, right? And it was terrible. How does 104 in Fear the Walking Dead stack up to 104 of The Walking Dead? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I thought that the pilot of Walking Dead was excellent. Yeah. And the two episodes after that where they actually had to go and they were really pretty good. Mm-hmm. Vatos was terrible, but then it got interesting again. I thought after that, Wildfire and uh, TS09 or whatever it is yeah, yeah. W- were, were both good ways to end it. So we had one episode that was noticeably bad, whereas this has mm-hmm. been okay to terrible. And they haven't had a really good episode yet. Yeah, maybe they'll they'll finish it off strong. That's my hope anyway. Yeah, we'll see. But that's it. That's all we got for feedback, so we're done. Yeah, uh, send in more to watchingdead at baldmove.com or get on the forums at forums.baldmove.com. Don't forget, 
If you got anything you'd like to say or ask to Jim and I for our 10 millionth download uh, celebration extravaganza, you can do that at uh, QA at baldmove.com or get on the threads on the forums. Yeah, do all that stuff. All that stuff. We'll be back next week after the episode airs. And actually, we're doing a live watch if you're a premium member. So we'll be back while the episode's airing. And that's the best way to. I, I I feel like that's we're shining. I think we're we're coming up with some solid material in those live watches. Yeah, there's some it's funny essentially stuff. A, it's essentially Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, we we sit there, we look at what's going on, and we make fun of it. Yeah, which might hurt the instant cast a bit, but prob not I'd the, the fun I have yeah. riffing on the episode <laughs> outweighs the problems with the instant cast. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm happy about it. Anyway, we'll be back after that episode with an instant cast. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you guys.